Hello, my name is Sandy Adamitis, the social media director for the Page International Screenwriting Awards, and your host for the Writer's Hangout, a podcast that celebrates the many stages of writing, from inspiration to the first draft, revising, getting a project made, and everything in between. We'll talk to the best and the brightest in the entertainment industry and create a space where you can hang out, learn from the pros, and have fun. Hi, I'm Sandy Adamitis. Hi, I'm Terry Sampson. How have you been, Terry? Oh, great. Can you believe this weather? I... Got to do the Writer's Hangout weather check. <laughs> it's it's my favorite part of the podcast. Well, I, now I'm used to the rain. Mm-hmm. Everything's I... green. It's lovely. I don't know if you've been outside today, but on my way over to the studio is... It looks like a big storm's going to happen any second. I know it's not, but... Yeah, it's, it's very, gray very clouds. Dark. This is un- unlike us. But also we're getting that thing where there's open spots of sunshine. Yes. And that's lovely too. Speaking of storms, this is going to be a bumpy <laughs> ride, this podcast, because this is going to be kind of like a catch-all, a housekeeping, an admin at least at the top of the podcast. These are things that Terry and I have wanted to tell you. So first up, we received two lovely emails. And with Tamara Greens and Matt Furman's permission, Terry's going to read them out loud. Yes, here we go. Dear Writers Hangout, thank you very much for your podcast. They were a great way to keep me engaged in the Page Awards competition last year. And were one of the big reasons I re-entered the competition this year. Yay. Yay. I'm happy to see your recent Rewind post of last year, June 2022, interview with judges Victoria Lucas and Lori Ashbourne. The judges' interview podcasts were the best. Thank you for all your hard work in helping all of us be better writers, respectfully, Tamara Green. Yes, and for any of you listeners out there, or if you're new to the podcast, we did a series of interviews with page judges, and they explain how they evaluate your script. And I agree with Tamara, Victoria and Lori's episode was really, really good. And we got another one. Yes, this one is from Matt Furman. Now, Matt and John are the creators of Story Prism, and we had them on as guests, and they were talking about AI. And then Matt wrote us an email. And it goes like this. I just listened to your episode about the old Super Mario Brothers movie and found it really interesting because I absolutely love that movie. He loved the old one? The old one, yes. (laughs) Yes. Granted, I was six at the time. (laughs) <laughs> so it didn't take a lot to impress me, but even to this day, I rewatch it from time to time, <laughs> not just for nostalgia, but also because of its uniqueness. Compared to the other movies out there like Forrest Gump or Dumb and Dumber, this one really felt like a megacorp monstrosity, <laughs> almost like it was revealing these faults within Hollywood that were hidden from public view, and now it's sort of become the mainstream norm. It almost feels like today it's permissible to have an oversaturated movie with too many cooks with an okay story attached to it that gets rewritten a million times by different writers. This movie to me felt like an early watershed into the transition where we would see less Forrest Gumps and more Marvel movies. Mm, Good point. Well, he was on top of that, wasn't he? 
Again, I was very young, so maybe I'm wrong, and there were a lot of those monstrosities back then as well, but to me, Super Mario Brothers stood out the most because of this. Anywho, he continues, thanks for making this episode. It was very enlightening to get a behind-the-scenes glimpse, and the back-and-forth with your co-host was funny. I was cringing the whole time as you two explained what had happened, like watching a YouTube video of someone making a hilarious mistake. Good stuff. Matt Furman, co-founder. Of Story Prism. Check out Story Prism. And Matt, thank you so much. And that was the Mario Brothers movie. We compared the old Mario Brothers movie with the new Mario Brothers movie and why one succeeded and the other didn't. Terry, we also got a new review on Apple Podcasts. Okay. Let's read that. Okay. It's from A-D-P-A-W-F-B-A. Is it? Correct. Ad Pawfub? Okay. <laughs> Highly recommended. Five stars. Part of my Sunday morning routine. I love the balance of practical tips, interviews with interesting people, and the conversation between Sandy and Terry. A-D-P-A-W-F-B-A, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we enjoy those conversations too. And uh, hey, if you're enjoying the Writer's Hangout, don't forget to hit the follow button. That way you'll never miss an episode of our awesome podcast. Is it awesome? (laughs) It's super super awesome. I should have been on that memo. I wasn't. (laughs) Fantastic. As always, we thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Next up on our agenda, our sponsor, the Page Awards, has a big deadline right around the corner. On Monday, May 15th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time, that's the final deadline to enter the screenwriting competition. And it's important to note that the Page Awards is a global screenwriting contest, and you do not have to live in Los Angeles to win. So this is your very last chance to submit your script to the contest that has helped launch dozens of careers for screenwriters from across the country and around the world. And this fall, the page judges will present 31 awards in 10 different categories, including their huge $25,000 grand prize. Oh, man. To enter your screenplay today, go to pageawards.com. That's pageawards.com. Terry, I've been thinking, I don't know, the last couple of days, I've been thinking a lot about Los Angeles and Hollywood, and I love reading, especially Hollywood film books, and I was thinking of my two favorite literary references about Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to read a quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald, and Terry's going to read the one by Dorothy Parker. (laughs) And I'm going to put up a survey on Instagram, and I want you guys to vote on which one you like best, or which one you feel really encompasses Los Angeles. Terry, you go first. You have the longer one. This is... Dorothy Parker, you've got to love her. Take on Los Angeles. Did you give me Dorothy's because of my snarky natural tendencies? 100%. Okay, great. So Dorothy goes on to think and say, I don't know what more to say about Hollywood. I would just say it's a stagnation. It's (laughs) a horror. The palm trees have been brought in, the poor dears. 
They died on their feet. <laughs> Brilliant flowers smell like old dollar bills. Those enormous vegetables taste as if they've been grown in old trunks. That way of having no seasons. It's just terrible. You can't have any dates. They have an Easter, except at Christmas, your agent sends you a blotter. I don't know. It's much worse than that now. When I was there, it was pretty bad then. I can only give to you this message. Anybody who isn't living in Hollywood is having a good life. Wow. wow. Ouch. Yeah. That was pretty horrific yeah, <laughs> about Los Angeles. Um, going back to the blotter, what do you think? You think that is an ink blotter? Yeah, I think there's two concepts, like the thing where you'd stamp and then, but she's suggesting that something gets stamped. So is she, is she saying your writing is the same all the time? Or is it the bigger thing that they used to have this big thing on a desk that you would write on? I think that was once called a blotter, wasn't it? It's like a pad. Yeah, yes, yes. It definitely has to do with ink and a blotter. (laughs) And and maybe I'll find one, put it up on Instagram. But definitely a writerly gift. Remember Thelma Todd was buying handkerchiefs? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think the blotter has fallen to the wayside of handkerchiefs also. Yes. Handkerchiefs, ashtrays, and blotters. That is going to be the name of my autobiography. (laughs) Here's the F. Scott Fitzgerald quote. You can take Hollywood for granted like I did, or you can dismiss it with the contempt we reserve for what we don't understand. It can be understood too, but only dimly and in flashes. Not a half a dozen men have ever been able to keep the whole equation of pictures in their heads. Hmm. I've always just loved that. I think it's the dimly and in flashes. Yeah, I think this city keeps people off balance in a more excellent way than any other city. Exactly. Now, I've always been fascinated how L.A. is portrayed in movies. So next, we're going to do a quiz called... The movie takes place in Los Angeles. That's what the quiz is called. And I'll take any suggestions on improving the title. (laughs) Okay. Please write in. Couldn't think of a better title. I'm going to give Terry and you, the listeners, a brief synopsis of a movie that takes place in Los Angeles one sentence at a time. And we'll see how many sentences it takes Terry and you, the (laughs) listeners, to come up with the name of the movie. So we are going to go for a low score here. Does that make sense, Terry? (laughs) That's always my goal. (laughs) A low score? Yeah. Okay. So if you get it on the first sentence, you give yourself a one. If you get it on the second sentence, you give yourself a two. And then you just add up your score at the end. Oh, so it's more like golf. It's exactly like golf. Right. I'm pretty sure when I was writing that sentence that that's what golf was. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, for clarifying that. Okay. Name the movie. Here's the first sentence. Actor Rick Dalton gained fame and fortune by starring in a 1950s television Western, but is now struggling to find meaningful work in Hollywood that he doesn't recognize anymore. Does that 
It's an excellent. You read that excellently. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Did you do you know what movie that is? I do not. Can I get okay? Another do you hint? need another sentence? I need at least one more. Here is the second sentence. He spends most of his time drinking and palling around with Cliff Booth, his easygoing best friend and longtime stunt double. So it's an actor, Rick Dalton, can't find his place anymore in Hollywood, hangs out with Cliff. Now, should I ask you if I have a question about it? I don't want to ruin it for anybody else. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, so this ha- this movie's been out in the past, say, eight years, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. So I think I know. I, I'm not sure of the name right now, but I know what it does. It uh, so there the inside of a peach. There's a pit in it. Yes. Yes. Am I on the right track? You are on the right track. Okay, then I so I would say you've got it on two. So your score is two. Okay. But I'm going to read the third sentence. Most of these have three sentences. Here is the third sentence. Rick also happens to live next door to Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate, the filmmaker and budding actress whose futures will forever be altered by members of the Manson family. The, the mascot of the writers hang out. Dun, dun, Charlie dun. Manson. <laughs> and of course, that movie was Terry? I'm still trying to think of the title. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Written and directed by Tarantino, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yay. Yay. So give yourself a point for whichever sentence you got that on. The next one, name the movie. Terry, are you ready? I'm ready. An aging, silent film queen refuses to accept that her stardom has ended. Yeah. Um, It's a street. (laughs) Yes. Or a boulevard. Yes. Um, Okay. I'll go on for, for the audience. Do you need another sentence? I do. I do. Yeah. Here is the second sentence. She hires a young screenwriter to help her set up her movie comeback. Yes, Terry is nodding ferociously. (laughs) He's got this. Here's the third one. The screenwriter believes he can manipulate her, but he soon finds out he is wrong. And the fourth sentence, the screenwriter's ambivalence about the relationship and her unwillingness to let go leads to a situation of violence, madness, and death. Terry, name that movie. Is it Sunset Boulevard? Yes! Sunset Boulevard. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? It was directed by Billy Wilder and written by Charles Brackett, Billy Wilder, and D.M. Marshman Jr. One of my favorite all-time movies. That's an intense intense movie. Mm -hmm. And it's its own vehicle. And it doesn't really relate to probably most people. So it's really something to watch. I love it. Yeah. Also, these synopsis, they're not my synopsis. I just Googled them. Okay. So if you don't like the synopsis, I Googled it and it's Wikipedia. And if you love the synopsis, then you wrote I wrote it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you ready for the third one? Yes. 
Lewis Bloom from Los Angeles survives by scavenging and petty theft. Lewis Bloom survives by scavenging and petty theft. Do you need another sentence? I do, yes. Here is the second sentence. He stumbles into a new career as a cameraman and armed with a camcorder and police scanner begins nocturnal forays across the city in search of shocking and grisly crimes. By the way, I I could watch this movie on a loop. It was (laughs) so intense, but an intensity that I could handle. The actor really got into the role. Do you need another sentence? I do. I'm zoomed in on the story, but I don't know if I'm going to get the title. Okay. Here is the third sentence. When he catches the eye of a shopworn news director who welcomes the chance to raise her station's ratings, Lewis goes to increasingly greater lengths to catch the money shot. Nightcrawler. Oh. Yes. Written and directed by Dan Gilroy, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Renee Russo, and Bill Paxton. Right. I wonder if that was one of Bill's last movies. Bill Paxton, we miss you. Yeah, great guy. Fourth one. Name the movie. In the late 1940s, Los Angeles' Easy Rollins is an unemployed black World War II veteran with few job prospects. A songwriter, I really want you, to get Terry, to get this one. Okay? <laughs> okay. 1995, in the late, took place in the late 1940s. Do you need another sentence? I'm afraid I do. Here's a second sentence. At a bar, Easy meets DeWitt Albright, a mysterious white man looking for someone to investigate the disappearance of a missing white woman named Daphne Monet who he suspects is hiding out in one of the city's black jazz clubs. Do you need another sentence? I do. Here's the third sentence. Strapped for money and facing house payments, Easy takes the job but soon finds himself in over his head. Okay, I'm going to give you the, it's a song. Okay. First word, Terry, devil. Devil in a Blue Dress? Yes! It was directed by Carl Franklin, written by Walter Mosley and Carl Franklin, starring Denzel Washington, Tom Sizemore, who we we just lost Tom Sizemore, right? Right, right. Uh, Tom Sizemore, who we just lost, and Jennifer Beals. I've never seen this movie. How about that? Yeah, it was a good movie. I saw it a long time ago. It came out in 1995. Yeah, I I was busy that year. Okay, here is the next movie. In 1988, a groundbreaking new group revolutionized music and pop culture, changing and influencing hip-hop forever. And the next one is? (laughs) Here is the second sentence. This is kind of going to give it away. N.W.A.'s first studio album stirs controversy with its honest depiction of life in Southern Los Angeles. 
Do you need another sentence? Sure. Here's the third and last sentence. With guidance from veteran manager Jerry Heller, band members Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy E, DJ Yella, and MC Ren navigate their way through the industry, acquiring fame, fortune, and a place in history. Is this fresh out of uh, Compton? Yes. All right. But it's straight out of Compton. Oh, straight out of Compton. It's not straight fresh out of Compton. It could have been fresh. We'd Final hate. guess that movie. All right. Everybody's last chance. Okay. Name the movie. Shallow, rich, and socially successful Cher is at the top of her Beverly Hills High School pecking scale. This is Cher in high school. Mm-hmm. Cher. Cher, but not Sonny's ex-partner. Oh. Cher. The character's character's name name is Cher. Oh, okay. I'll need another clue. Okay. Here is the second sentence. Seeing herself as a matchmaker, Cher first coaxes two teachers into dating each other. Emboldened by her success, she decides to give hopelessly klutzy new student Ty a makeover. I'm warming up, but I'm not sure. Okay, here's the third sentence. When Ty becomes more popular than she is, Cher realizes that her disapproving ex-stepbrother was right about how misguided she was and falls for him. And the last? That was the last. (laughs) Are you clueless about this movie? I just didn't remember the name. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> it's Clueless. Yes, of course. Directed by Amy Heckerlin and starring Alicia Silverstone, Brittany Murphy, sad, yeah. and Paul Rudd. I forgot Paul Rudd was in Paul that. Paul Rudd. He was the stepbrother. Was that his first movie? Mm, I don't know, He's but been it could have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was at Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I was sitting in my office and I love a dark office with a candle. It's from my days of working at Motown. I oh. I love a burning candle in a dark office. <laughs> but she just came running into the office going, do you know where Suite 304 was? So I imagine she was late for an audition or something. And I just looked up at him and I was like, Brittany Murphy doesn't know where Suite 304 <laughs> is. She was so tiny and just so fragile and i just kept thinking you're Brittany murphy they're gonna wait for you it's, it's <laughs> two floors up you're okay but i showed her where the elevator was and well look how nice of that of you actually it was 204 sweet 204 not did she get the gig i don't know it wasn't didn't have anything to do with no. what i was working on uh, she just was in the building for an audition oh. and i watched her documentary did you ever watch the documentary about her death on netflix no. Really, really good. I highly recommend it. So what do you think, Terry? Shall we add this quiz into our The Writer's Hangout repertoire? I think so. I like it. Yeah, I think it's fun. Maybe we'll do movies based on musicians next time. Oh, there you go. And, <laughs> and you'll... Did you keep count, your score? Uh not really. Okay. Because it, it it looks better that way. Well, I'm sure our listeners out there were just screaming the answers out to you into their... They'll need to volume up. <laughs> their iPhone. Because yeah. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> they should mention how well they did. I mean, I'm curious about... I thought this was just right in hardness. 
But I'm wondering about them. If they say, oh, no, this is way too easy. We knew it all. I knew everyone mm -hmm. after the first oh, half good. of Oh, <laughs> That's a good point. Writers, when you send us your score on Instagram, I'll put the quiz up on Instagram. I'll just do a post of the questions. If you can list your scores and, yeah, let us know. Was it too tough? Was it easy? Um, we can engage it like the crossword puzzle. You know, like, a, isn't Mondays the hardest or something? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, I don't do crossword puzzles. Oh, okay. That's so, a lot of pressure. Are you a crossword puzzle pen person? I Oh, no. But that's funny you should say that. My dad was a pen guy. Ah, I am very, very impressed by people who do that. Uh, yeah, I have a pencil and then I'm a, an eraser the size of a surfboard because I do <laughs> use it regularly. <laughs> I think as a child... I felt I was doing it wrong if I had to erase. So I gave <laughs> I, I I gave a bar, myself a bar way too high as a kid, probably in scholastics. Uh, what was that? Was there a scholastic magazine that kids all got? Was there a name? Yeah. Of highlights? Highlights? Yeah. Highlight. So I probably was doing it in highlights, and I'm sure an older sister ridiculed me and told me <laughs> I can't erase. So now I have a mental block against well, the way around that is, to, of course, after the show, to send her in a huge eraser and just be done with that feeling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, okay. We will keep that in our repertoire. And remember, the page deadline is May 15th. So get your scripts in and go watch some of these movies that yeah. we did the quiz on. They're, yeah. They're all good movies. Yeah. That's a great idea. I also, if you're a person who, are they all submitted online now? Nobody like sends a script in, right? No, you can send a hard copy mm -hmm. in. They do have a, an address on the website, but they preferred a PDF sent. Well, this is a little inside information I'm going to share. Okay. This isn't scientific, but I know it works. When you push the button, and you squeal, I'm going to win, <laughs> you really will probably win. Oh. You have to do that part of it. I don't know if squealing at the post office is a good idea anymore. <laughs> so many weird things going on there. So maybe just on the entry from your computer with no one around. I love that. I really, so. I literally do things like that. I have a lot of personal problems, but I take care of them with things like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll like hold my breath and like make a wish. Yeah. Like, a, like birthday cake, blowing it out before I hit send or put something in the mail. Well, that's or, a very nice know. adult spin for you on that. That's lovely. You mean you don't scream, I'm going to win. Good for you. <laughs> Writers, don't forget to send us your scores. And we'll see you again next week. Next week. That's a wrap for the Writers Hangout. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and thrive. Till we get to hang out again, keep writing. The world needs your stories. The Writers Hangout is sponsored by the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Executive producer, Kristen O'Verne. Producers, Terry Sampson and Sandy Adamitis. Music by Ethan Stoller.